Part 2, Chapter 16 of The Magnificent Adventure. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Ritu, Canada. The Magnificent Adventure by Emerson Huff. Part 2, Chapter 16 The Quality of Mercy. In Richmond Jail lay Aaron Burr the great conspirator the ruins of his ambition fallen about him he had found a prison instead of a palace he was eager no longer to gain a sceptre but only to escape a noose the great conspiracy was at an end the only question was of the punishment the accused should have for in the general belief he was certain of conviction that he never was convicted has always been one of the most mysterious facts of a mysterious chapter in our national development so crowded were the hostelries of richmond that a stranger would have had difficulty in finding lodging there during the six months of the burr trial not so with meriwether lewis now one of the country's famous men a score of homes opened their doors to him the town buzzed over his appearance he had once been the friend of burr always the friend of jefferson to which side now would he lean luther martin chief of burr's council was eager above all to have a word with meriwether lewis so close to affairs in washington possibly so useful to himself washington irving too assistant to martin in the great trial would gladly have had talk with him all asked what his errand might be what was the leaning of the governor of the new territory a man closer to the administration at washington than any other meriwether lewis kept his own counsel he arranged first to see burr himself the meagerly furnished anteroom of the federal prison in richmond was the discredited adventurers reception hall in those days burr advanced to meet his visitor with something of his own old haughtiness of mien a little of the former brilliance of his eye governor i am delighted to see you back safe and sound from your journey my congratulations sir meriwether lewis made no reply but gazed at him steadily well aware of the stinging sarcasm of his words i have few friends now said aaron burr you have many you are on the flood tide it ebbs for me when one loses what mercy is shown to him that scoundrel mary he promised everything and gave nothing Irujo, he is worse yet in his treachery even the french minister Turo, who surely might listen to the wishes of the great french population of the mississippi valley pays no attention to their petitions whatever and none to mine these were my former friends i promised them a country you promised them a country colonel burr from what from that great ownerless land yonder the west but they waited and waited until your success was sure why that scoundrel mary is here this very day the effrontery of him he wants nothing more to do with me no he is here to undertake to recoup himself in his own losses by reasons of monies he advanced to me some time ago he is importuning my son-in-law mr alston to pay him back those funds which once he was so ready to furnish to us but mr alston is ruined i am ruined we are all ruined no they waited too long they waited until it was too late yes lewis returned that country is american now not british or spanish or french our men are passing across the river in thousands they will never lose their hold on the west 
it was treason to the future that you planned but it was hopeless from the first it would seem sir said Ehrenberg, a cynical smile twisting his thin lip that i may not count upon your friendship that is a hard speech colonel burr i was your friend more than your chief ever was i fancy mr jefferson would like to see me pilloried drawn and quartered after the old way you are unjust to him you struck at the greatest ambition of his life struck at his heart and the heart of his country when you undertook to separate the west from this republic i am a plain man and a busy man said Ehrenberg coldly i must employ my time now to the betterment of my situation i have failed and you have won but let me throw the cloak aside since i know you can be of no service to me i care not what punishment you may have what suffering because i recognize in you the one great cause of my failure it was you sir with your cursed expedition that defeated Ehrenberg. he turned proud and defiant even in his failure and when meriwether lewis looked up he was gone even as burr passed meriwether lewis heard a light step in the long corridor under guard of the turnkey someone stood at the door it was the figure of a woman a figure which caused him to halt caused his heart to leap she came toward him now all in mourning black hat gown and gloves her face was pale her eyes deep her mouth drooping theodosia alston was always thus on her daily visit to her father's cell herself the picture of failure and despair she was used to avoiding the eyes of all but she saw meriwether lewis standing before her strong tall splendid in his manhood and vigor in the full tide of his success she was almost in touch of his hand when she raised her eyes to his these two had met at last after what far wanderings apart they had met as if each came from the valley of the shadows out of the vastness of the unknown over all those long and devised trails into what now seemed to him a world still more vast more fraught with desperate peril he had come back to her and she what had been her perils what were her thoughts as his eye fell upon her even as his keen ear had known her coming the hand of meriwether lewis half unconsciously went to his breast he felt under it the packet of faded letters which he had so long kept with him which in some way he felt to be his talisman yes it was for this that he had had them his love and hers this had been his shield through all what he saw in her grave face her mournful eyes uplifted to his own this was the solution of the riddle of his life the reason for his moods of melancholy the answer to a thousand unspoken prayers he felt his heart thrill strong and full felt his blood spring in strong current through his veins until they strained until he felt his nerves tingle as he stood silent endeavouring to still the tumult within him now that he knew the great and satisfying truth of truths to her he was what a tall and handsome gentleman immaculately clad governor of the newest of our territories the largest and richest realm ever laid under the rule of any viceroy a bystander might have pondered on such things but meriwether lewis had no thought of them nor had the woman who looked up at him no to her eyes there stood only the man who made her blood leap her soul cry out yeah yeah now i know 
to her also from the divine compassion was given answer for her questionings she knew that life for her even though it ended now had been no blind puzzle after all but was a glorious and perfect thing she had called to him across the deep and he had heard and come from the very grave itself he had arisen and come again to her even here under the shadow of the gallows even if as both knew in their supreme renunciation they must part and never meet again for them both there could be peaceful calm with all life's questions answered beautifully and surely answered never again to rise for conquering sir captain that is to say governor lewis she corrected herself i was not expecting you her tone seemed icy though her soul was in her eyes she was all upon the defence as lewis instantly understood he took her hand in both of his own and looked into her face she gazed up at him and swiftly mercifully the tears came gently as if she had been a child he dried them for her as once when a boy he had promised to do they were alone now the cold silence of the prison was about them but their own long silence seemed a golden glowing thing thus only in their silence could they speak they did not know that they stood hand in hand my husband is not here said she at length gently disengaging her hand from his no one knows me now everyone avoids me you must not be seen with me a pariah an outcast i am my father's only friend already they condemn him yet he is as innocent as any man ever was i shall say no word to change that belief said meriwether lewis but your husband is not here it is he whom i must see at once why must you see him you must know it is my duty to go to him and to tell him that i am the man who who made you weep he must have his satisfaction nothing that he can do will punish me as my own conscience has already punished me it is no use i shall not ask you to forgive me i will not be so cheap but suppose he does not know he could only stand silent regarding her fixedly he must never know she went on it is no time for quixotism to make yet another suffer we too must be strong enough to carry our own secret it is better and kinder that it should be between two than among three i thought you dead let the past remain past let it bury its own dead it is our time of reckoning said he at length guilty as i have been sinning as i have sinned tell me was i alone in the wrong listen those who joined your father's cause were asked to join in treason to their country what he purposed was treason tell me did you know this when you came to me he saw the quick pain upon her face the flush that rose to her pale cheek she drew herself up proudly i shall not answer that said she no he exclaimed swiftly contrite nor shall i ask it forgive me you never knew you were innocent you do right not to answer such a question i only wanted you to be happy that was my one desire she looked aside and a moment passed before she heard his deep voice reply happy i am the most unhappy man in all the world happiness no rags shreds patches of happiness that is all that is left of happiness for us as men and women usually count it but tell me what would make you most happy now of these things remaining i have come back to pay my debts is there anything i can do what would make you happiest my father's freedom i cannot promise that but all that i can do i will were my father guilty 
that would be the act of a noble mind but how you are mr jefferson's friend not the friend of aaron burr all the world knows that precisely all the world knows that or thinks it does it thinks it knows that mr jefferson is implacable but suppose all the world were set to wondering i'm just wondering myself if it would be right to suborn a juryman like john randolph of roanoke that is impossible what do you mean i mean this this afternoon you and i will go into the trial room together i have not yet attended a session of the court today i will hand you to your seat in full sight of the jury box you give your presence to one who is now a social pariah the ladies of richmond no longer speak to me but to what purpose perhaps to small purpose i cannot tell but let us suppose that i go with you and that we sit there in sight of all i am known to be the intimate friend of mr jefferson ergo ergo mr jefferson is not hostile to us and you would do that you would take that chance for you and he did for her that afternoon all the crowded courtroom saw the beadle make way for two persons of importance one was a tall grave distinguished-looking man impassive calm a man whose face was known to all the new governor of louisiana viceroy of the country that burr had lost upon his arm pale clad all in black walked the daughter of the prisoner at the bar was it in defiance or in compliance that this act was done was it by orders or against orders or without orders that the president's best friend walked in public before all the world with the daughter of the president's worst enemy it was the guess of anybody and the query of all there in full view of all the attendants in full view of the jury and of john randolph of roanoke its foremen sat the two persons who had had most to do with this scene of which they now made a part there sat the man who had explored the great west and the woman who had done her best to prevent that exploration mr jefferson's friend and the daughter of the great conspirator aaron burr ergo ergo said many tongues swiftly and leaned head to head to whisper it mind sometimes speaks to mind even across the rail of a jury box sympathy runs deep and swift sometimes all the world loved meriwether lewis then would favor him or favor what he favored the issue of that great trial was not to come for weeks as yet but when it came and by whatever process aaron burr was acquitted of the charges brought against him the republic for whose downfall he had plotted set him free and bade him be gone but now at the close of this day the two central figures of the tragic drama found themselves together once more they could be alone nowhere but in the prison room and it was there that they parted between them as they stood now at last about to part there stretched an abysmal gulf which might never personally be passed by either she faced him at length trembling pleading helpless how mighty a thing is a man's sense of honor she said slowly you have done what i never would have asked you to do and i am glad that you did i once asked you to do what you would not do and i am glad that you did not how can i repay you for what you have done today i cannot tell how but i feel that you have turned the tide for us ah if ever you felt that you owed me anything it is paid all your debt to me and mine see i no longer weep you have dried my tears we cannot balance debits and credits he replied 
there is no way in the world in which you and i can cry quits only one thing is sure i must go i cannot say goodbye said she ah do not ask me that we are but beginning now oh see see he looked at her still an unspeakable sadness in his gaze at her hand extended pleadingly toward him won't you take my hand mern said she won't you i dare not said he hoarsely no i dare not why do you wish to leave me still feeling that i am in your debt you can afford so much now she said brokenly for those who have not won think you that i have won he broke out theodosia theo i shall call you by your old name just once i do not take your hand i dare not touch you because i love you i always shall god help me it is the truth did you get my letters she said suddenly and looked him fair in the face meriwether lewis stood searching her countenance with his own grave eyes letters said he at length what letters her eyes looked up at him luminously you are glorious said she yes a woman's name would be safe with you you're strong how terrible a thing is a sense of honor but you're glorious goodbye end of part 2 chapter 16